Remember, for it to be a forward pass, it's got to go forward. Everett and Angel, Crabtree, broken up, picked off! This game is over! Well, I'm the best corner in the game! When you try me with a sorry receiver like Crabtree, that's the result you're going to get! Don't you ever talk about me! L-O-B! He wants to get in a fight, you can't do that! The quarterback, you can't fight! All right, you are very, very welcome to Off the Balls NFL podcast. It is our Super Bowl special. Delighted to say, as ever, we have with us Sam Monson of Pro Football Focus and Kian Fahey of Football Guys, and also with us as ever our uh, resident American. Not so much token this week because he's an actual uh, Pats fan as well, Donnie Mahoney. Uh, lads, you're all very welcome, um, Sam. Just how how excited are you on the scale of uh, zero to a million uh, for the fact that we got the best two best teams possible? I think. In the Super Bowl. Zero to a million. That's an interesting scale to go for. Um, it's got to be at the top end of that. Like you say, that we've got the two best teams. And I think these two teams actually match up in really interesting ways as well. So it actually works even better than just getting the two best teams. Because I think they're going to make a fairly exciting game. Kin, most of the stuff uh, that I've seen and listened to and read this week has suggested that this is going to end up being a one-score game precisely because those matchups are so finely balanced. Um, would you go along with that? I'm not sure matchups are finely balanced as much as they're kind of tough to predict because I think you can look at uh, Rob Gronkowski and think he could take over the game against the Seahawks and if that happens, it's not going to be a close game but you also can argue the other side of that and think the Seahawks will be able to contain him and if that, and if that happens, I don't think it'll be a close game but I think that's going in two different directions depending on how that matchup goes. So I don't necessarily think matchups will always push a close game, but they can make it very difficult to predict what's going to happen. All right, talk talk to us a bit more about that then. What what will make it go one way or the other? I, I think the, the Patriots passing game is the biggest key because we saw in the NFC Championship game, Aaron Rodgers got loads of time in the pocket, and he he I don't know if his receivers were really that open, but they were relatively they were they weren't really. Oh, the, best. the best way to explain it really is for the amount of time that Rodgers had in the pocket, his receivers weren't getting as open as they should have got open. So I think if if Brady can get that time in the pocket with his that time in the pocket, I don't think they have any chance of getting open. So I think the offensive line for the Patriots is going to be huge because the Packers got probably the best offensive line performance they could have hoped for, and they still only put up twenty or so points. Sam, um, you think it's going to be a close game? Uh, I do, yeah. I mean, when you've got two teams that are this talented, I think there's always the potential for one of them to run away with it with a few plays that swing either way. But the more I look at it, I do think that it's pretty evenly balanced and I think all the matchups are going to shake out to a fairly low scoring and fairly close game. Like a 24-20 style? That that low or even lower? Yeah, that kind of thing. I, I don't think it will be even lower because I think there's just too much talent on both sides. Um, I'm you know, if it does get late, I think one of the teams is going to be good enough to get another score. So, yeah, that kind of area. All right. Um, Donnie, make the case for how the New England Patriots win this game. Okay. <clears throat> Richard Sherman, he doesn't make it to the stadium. <laughs> Marshawn Lynch breaks an ankle. All right, so it's a hundred percent that Seahawks are going to win. No, uh, well, you, you were just you, wanted, you asked me to make a case. Make the case. Okay. Make what Belichick is doing in his head. Okay. Well, the case is, I guess, 
they managed to contain Lynch entirely, shut him down, and leave it to Wilson to with some combination of um, of Baldwin, Curse, and Luke Wilson. Leave it to those three guys to beat the Patriots, right? Yeah, and then they- and then manage to do enough um, with the sort of short passing game with Edelman and Amendola, Gronk down the middle. Um, score maybe 24 points and win, you know, a, a less than a one-score game, I would say. That, yeah. that's I think that's that's the way you could do it. I feel like Super Bowls are weird, strange games that never really go to plan. Well, it, it, Because players are nervous, mistakes happen? They, there's a lot of pressure on those games, and weird, there's just this potential for weird, unexpected things like when... Tom Brady had that weird safety in that game uh, against the Giants last time. It, like things, things are just hard to read, hard to guess. Uh, there's almost no point, I think, in trying to predict what's going to happen. The last time we spoke to the two of you, you both predicted that the Seahawks would win after the uh, conference games. I suspect, Sam, you haven't changed your mind, but maybe you'll try and make the case as well for the Pats before we get to why the Seahawks are going to win. Uh, yeah, I'm not changing my mind, but at this point, it's almost through stubbornness. The, the more I look at it, the more I actually start to lean towards the Patriots, and I think they've got a really good chance of doing it. Um, you know, the Seahawks are going to run with pretty much the same defense as they did last year when they throttled the Broncos, but I think the Patriots are actually far better positioned to exploit the gaps that are there in the defense than Denver was. Denver was just, it was cut out to, to really struggle against that kind of defense, whereas the Patriots are actually kind of suited to it. They they do get the ball out quickly. They work the underneath areas. They can kind of keep guys away from Sherman and from Earl Thomas and the guys that are the real studs in that defense. And you know, the longer this season has gone on, the Seahawks are now really, really thin in the middle of that defense. You know, the Meebane went down earlier in the year. They don't have the depth there that they did last year. So they're kind of relying on two or three guys up front to get it done. And if they don't, uh, then New England can actually have some decent joy against them. Okay, so that, and how would that joy, how would we watch that joy unfold? Is that through the run game, having big holes to gash through, or is it quick passing from Brady to those little short passes that make four or five yards? I think the real key to the game is whether the Patriots can contain Michael Bennett. Um, he's the guy that the, that the Seahawks kind of kick inside a lot and get most of their interior pressure from. And the Patriots struggle the most when they get interior pressure. So if they can keep him quiet or just contain him for most of the game, that's when Brady has the time to go downfield to Gronkowski. That's when he has the time to work all the, the passing game. Um, which I think will have success against the Seahawks. If he doesn't get that kind of time, if Bennett has a big game, then I think Seattle has the advantage. Either way, I don't think they're going to have too much joy running the, the ball. All right. So that was fine, obviously, against Indianapolis. Um, they didn't need to run it. And then last time out, they... Uh, sorry, it was the other way around, wasn't it? The game before? Yeah, the, the Ravens game, they didn't run they it didn't, all. They didn't run it all. ran all over Indianapolis. Um, Sam, again, same question. How do New England game plan for this? Is there any difference to... What the two lads have said, anything else you think that they can do to win this game? Wait, uh, well, the thing I would mostly be focusing on is the other side of the ball because the, in last year's Super Bowl, obviously this is a very different game to last year's Super Bowl, but in last year's Super Bowl, Marshall Lynch didn't have a huge game. He didn't have a great game. He didn't really need to either because of the way the game developed. 
But the thing that stood out was Percy Harvin made made a big play early on with his and carrying the ball. It wasn't a reception, but it was still a big play as a receiver. You still had Golden Tate there making making plays as a, down the field. You had Doug Baldwin them was kind of the compliment, and Jermaine Curse was the compliment. And this year, Baldwin and Curse aren't really the compliments anymore. They're the main receivers. And when you're going against the Patriots defense, who will adapt to you and who will focus on your strengths, you're going you're you're able to force a team to go to where where they don't really want to go and that's going to be what the what will ultimately decide it on that side of the ball i think and when you've got darrell Rivas on at one cornerback position and devin mccarty as a free safety who can cover a lot of ground you've got a lot of flexibility to try and force them to throw the ball to curse and as we saw in the nfc championship game there was a lot of mistakes came from that or force them to throw to a guy who's a more limited guy like ricardo lockett or someone like that or, or the cooper helfet at, at tight end and you're just looking at, the Patriots will probably look at it and say, okay, if Jermaine Curse beats us, that's all right. If Lockett beats us, that's all right. If Helfet or Wilson beat us, or, Russell, or Luke Wilson, not Russell Wilson, if they beat us, that's all right, but we're not going to let Lynch and Russell Wilson beat us running. And I think that's kind of the way, the way it'll be decided on that side of the ball, which isn't really the focus because everyone wants to look at Brady and the Legion of Boom and the defence and all, the, where, where the bigger stars are on the other side of the ball. Yeah, so obviously, Donny, you're fairly familiar with the weaknesses of this Pats team. Yeah. Where will uh, Seattle try and attack them? Hmm. Well, I guess you want to look at teams who've had success against the Patriots recently. Uh, people go back to, I guess, the Chiefs game at Arrowhead was the game where the Patriots looked most exposed. Um, it seems to be teams that can run the ball strongly uh, give the Patriots the biggest problems, and that's where you think Lynch might... Just run riot um, this week. I mean, Boom Heron isn't that good. Forsett was very effective again in the Baltimore game. Yeah, 130 something. Something like that. So that's, you know, I think, I presume Seattle will go run heavy all game and maybe even use Wilson with read options a lot and and just try to keep the ball on the ground, control the clock, just give up on, you know, because, I mean, it'll be Revis and Baldwin. So maybe they just say, you know, we're just going to try to control this, control the game on the ground and do it that way. Yeah. Um, I I think that that's the most compelling case for victory here, Sam. That Seattle have enough in those two players alone to be able to analyze whatever defense is coming at them from the Patriots and either beat them on the ground if they need to, or take off and beat them on the ground, or take off and throw the ball. It's such an interesting matchup because the Seattle offensive line isn't particularly good, but those two guys. Um, are incredibly dangerous and the way they deploy them with that kind of read option look is very difficult to defend. I think that kind of cat and mouse game is going to be really interesting because when the the Seahawks show that read option um, look and most of the times I don't think it's actually a read. I think it's just they're going to give it to Lynch until the defense is showing them that Wilson can take it and he can expose them over committing to try and stop Lynch. But just having or just having Wilson as a threat of a, a guy who can pull the ball and run on his own basically takes one defender away because somebody has to account for that. Somebody has to keep an eye on Lynch or on Wilson, sorry, which means somebody isn't coming in and trying to crash down on Lynch. So you always hear people talk about guys in the box and eight men up to try and stop the run. But just the threat of Wilson alone kind of takes one of those guys out of the picture again. Um and in Lynch, you're talking about a guy who's broken something like 122 tackles this year. It's just an incredible amount. So they're able to kind of get an extra man back in that run game. Um, and it's going to be really interesting to see what the Patriots do to try and combat that. And one of the things I think they might try and do 
is ask Wilfork to do a bit of two-gapping again and try and take take care of two different gaps along the offensive line and sort of give them that extra man advantage back. The counter-argument, I suppose, to the fact that um, these two are going to be able to run all over New England is that since week four or week five, New England have had the second or third best run defence. Yeah. So obviously they've vastly improved and it's mm. a very Belichickian thing to do. We're not very good at this. We're not very good at this. Now right. we're better than everybody else at it because we've absorbed the lessons and the, the disease has now part of our solution. Mm. Jared, are you going to stay up for this game? I'm going to go to bed and get up, I think. Watch it. Go to bed at like at eight? No, a bit earlier. A bit later, yeah. I'll have a couple of hours of snooze and then get up. And then get up and watch it. Yeah. You have to watch it live. Do you? Yeah. Because you're going to watch it in the morning. No, no, no. You're going to watch it live. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I just don't know where. Um, I don't know. These are these are the things I'm more interested in at the moment. There's yeah. that, like, it's going to be a weird game. I don't, like, you have the, I think this game in 2012 sort of looms a little bit large, the You Mad Bro game, the last time Seattle and uh, the Patriots played. And in that game, I think Brady threw 56 times. And I presume that the... Um, what happened? Remind us. A little bit foggy in my mind, but the Patriots were up the whole game and Seattle um, Seattle storms back at the very end and Richard Sherman confronts Tom Brady. And there's this famous photograph after the game of, of Richard Sherman right up in uh, Brady's grill saying, you mad, bro? For trying to throw at him. Um, I He... Sherman is under the Sherman is talking about it last week. He thinks that there's a, there's two Tom Brady's. There's the Tom Brady that the media loves, but there's a different Tom Brady who's maybe a bit of a trash talker, maybe not this nice guy, clean cut person that America's obsessed with. Uh, and this was really when Sherman be, became first acquainted with the American public. People were like, "Who is this guy? Who? How dare he get in the grill of uh, of Mr. Brady, America's hero?" Um, one. I, I, just because you brought up that 2012 game, I think one of the more fascinating things about that game is when you go back and look at the Patriots' offense, who they had was unbelievable compared to what they have now because they yeah. had Gronkowski, they had Aaron Hernandez, they had Danny Woodhead, they had Wes Welker, and they had Brandon Lloyd. And Because uh, I went through the game recently, Gronkowski wasn't even staying on the field for every snap. He was coming in and out because they were using Hernandez in that receiving role that Gronkowski is now kind of taken over and just stays on the field completely all the time. Yeah. So I think that that's probably why Brady threw a lot more in that game than you would expect him mm. to throw. Because he, like, he had better receivers. Um, although the receiving core is not as bad as everybody thought at the start of the season, is it? I don't think it's that good. I mean, LaFell, like, is not... He's all right. He's just... He's a run-of-the-mill receiver. Amendola, I don't think any Patriots fan has any trust in him. I know he caught that big pass. A lot. I mean, Edelman has been amazing, but he's a converted quarterback... Uh, Hernanda, I mean, yeah. Yeah. Gronkowski obviously is Gronkowski. But I mean, you got to figure they're good, like if Vontae Davis more, he, he kind of he Gronk was very quiet in that in the Colts game, and I assume it, the Chargers or the excuse me the Seahawks will target him as much. So you know it'll be up to it'll be up to Edelman and and uh, LaFell to to make the big catches. Sam, uh, the whole Gronk issue, um, how much of an impact do you think he will have in this game? I think he could be huge. I mean, he's the guy on that offense that's. The, the real unstoppable player. He's like J.J. Well, J. J. Watt on the offensive side of the ball. Nobody has anybody who can directly match up with Gronkowski. So you have to try and address him schematically or you have to try and take it away on the front end with pressure and that kind of thing. If if Brady has all day to find him, Gronkowski is going to have success. Yeah. Well, I don't know. I think what I'll do before this game, just to, to segue a bit here, of what I'll, every now and again, I like to dust off the um, Patriots-Rams Super Bowl 2002. 
when the Patriots were just a kind of a lively upstart. Nobody took them seriously at all. Just kind of treated as a bunch of chumps against the this juggernaut run by Kurt Warner. Yeah. And they, when everybody counted them out, they did the job. They shut down the team, the, the number one team, the number one offense. Belichick won his first Super Bowl. Right. to remind you of the last scandal that they were involved in. Well, I, I believe that scandal has been disproven, but the... <laughs> the um, I like know if it actually was disproven I, so much I as believe, retracted. Well, I believe whatever, this, that story, the, the journalistic uh, work behind that story has been put down, so that's enough for me. But when, I mean, Tom Brady does that, you, you know, they get the ball with maybe like a minute left around the 20-yard line. John Madden says... I don't know what in the tie game. John Mann says, Hey, I don't know what these guys are doing. Just take a knee, play for overtime. Brady Rook does what he does, gets the ball up to the, I don't know, maybe the thirty. And uh Vinatieri field goal with about three seconds left. One of the great one of the great Super Bowl wins. That's what I like to go back to and and sort of channel all that sort of positivity before oh. these kind of big games. Okay, because my information would be that they lost the last two Super Bowls that they were in, where they were overwhelming favourites, and they were up against this chump quarterback who everybody thought was a joke. And who would turn that now? It's only one ring short of uh, Tom Brady. Well, I think that if you look at it, it's a, it's a good thing that the Giants aren't involved. The Giants are the only team to beat Belichick as a, in the Super Bowl. Yeah, Manning is involved. All of the plane, the everything's kind of level here. We've got Wilson who's won a Super Bowl. He's the chosen one. Carroll. You know, every, the the playing field is equal. Yeah, I think the I think the Patriots, hated by America, turned into a scapegoat, are now ready to claim back the throne that I think everybody believes really, and I think are finally willing to accept and admit that they are really the greatest football team of the last fifteen years, and and this is where they'll prove it and take it back. In uh, a weird way, it brings us nicely to the point that they kind of need to win, Kian, a little bit, if you. Win three, you're great. But then if you lose the next three, a little luster comes off your greatness. Yeah, I, I do love the fact that Donny just casually mentioned that they're the best team of the last 15 years while trying to play the underdog card. <laughs> um, I, I, I think it's, it's kind of, we, we always seem to talk so much about legacy as things are happening rather than just focusing on the actual game and the outcome of the game. I think it would be silly to talk about, oh, losing three Super Bowls means it's worse because you lost in the Super Bowl. But the reality is, if a player plays for twenty years and he gets the three Super Bowls and he doesn't get to and he wins all three, but he doesn't go again, that just means he lost earlier in the year. It doesn't mean he he won something else or he like it's not like in soccer. Where he Stop could be bringing yet. logic to this, will you? That's not the. <laughs> that's, 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 <laughs> but uh, no, but I, I I do think it, it is kind of big because it has been so long since they won it, and it would be a, a massive story and a, a great story, really. If well. It's hard to call it a great story simply because, like Donny says, Belichick is so disliked, he probably won't get that kind of celebration. It is strange when you think about it. 13 years ago, I was sitting in Boston in my apartment watching that uh, Patriots Rams Super Bowl. 13 years, same coach, same quarterback. There's, I can't think of really anything in life other than my parents still being married that, like. Uh, Surprises you as much? <laughs> 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 that worth <laughs> has been as constant, I think, is what you're. That's what for. I was going for, yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. There are many. Thirteen years is a long time for two two forces to stay together. Yeah. And I think it's I think it's worth commenting upon. And if for whatever all of this garbage has been talked in the last week, it's it's one of the, it would be one of the great achievements in all sport. 
if if Belichick and Brady win on Sunday. No doubt, but the trouble is that they're up against um, what seems to be an unstoppable juggernaut in Seattle. Well, that's they seem stoppable. That's you know maybe twelve months ago we were talking about an unstoppable juggernaut, but I think the aura of of winning two Super Bowls in a row is has is trickier than many um, might think, and yeah. they they just seem they seem mortal against Green Bay, and I wonder if if they're if it's just a, a game too far. Sam, you. I do think that if we're talking these terms, one of the things that is also worth looking at is if the Seahawks beat Peyton Manning and then Tom Brady in back-to-back Super Bowls in 10, 20 years, people are going to look back on that and think that's unbelievable. Yeah. Sam, you've picked both winners, both teams to win this now, kind of. <laughs> What's your actual answer? I, I'm really on the fence. I'm going to go with the Seahawks. That's, right. that's my pick for, for PFF and that'll be my pick whenever anybody asks me, but I'm really not confident in it at all and Kin, you were very confident uh, after the conference game less confident now no I, I, well, I wasn't very confident after, less, after the conference game I went the other way I, hes- I was questioning it a little bit but for the most part I've just seen the NFC as a better as a better at the top and I still think still think that's the case I think they match up better with the Patriots and any of their recent opponents do so I, I think it'll be a relatively comfortable win alright on that note my thanks to both of you enjoy the game folks thanks a million Alright, uh, Keenan and Sam are gone Mick is here The stench of Patriots Shit talk is uh, is high in the room And in the office at the moment But the best part is that they're, the Patriots fans are all nervous Yeah, well, why they f- wouldn't it be? They fear, a, they fear a beatdown No It's coming you, no. see, you don't Justice remember. is coming and it's going to be served cold. You're a 49ers fan. You can't remember. It's been 20 years. You don't know what it's like to be in a suit. Well, actually, yeah, two, two years, years sorry. Yeah. <laughs> I was thinking last year. There you go, Mick. Yeah. Well, okay, well, you felt that, that, that way, this this way, that week. I'm more fear, I'm more fearful of a screw job or a sort of a late punch Ooh, in the stomach. Revenge defeat. for I don't, Bob Kraft coming out and going, yeah. you guys are, I want an apology. I could, lo- I could live with a 49 nothing like a game like last year because then you, can go to, you, just, you just turn the TV off and go to bed. But to to go through all the emotions and then some kind of weird karma payback for this weird ball thing, like I couldn't, I would be angry. So stop it! They've already been robbed by two freak plays in the last Super Bowl. There's no way you should have they, to put up. With they that paid again. that forward. You mean the this is payback mm-hmm. on their side? Yeah, yeah. For the but that guy, you know, what was he doing for those ninety seconds in the Jacks? He's having a, he was urinating. That's what every that's what all the Patriots fans are. He's he having a piss. Deflate eleven balls in ninety seconds. He had them already in there, Mick. That's uh, he had another set of balls. Yeah. And what happened to the balls he brought in with him? Whoever wandered in afterwards takes them, disposes of them like all good crimes. The New York, I think the, what, somebody like, smuggled them out like in uh, Shawshank Redemption in their, in their treasures. The Daily News. The time. Daily News said that you could do it in forty seconds. They this was front page news in New York uh, this week. <laughs> so. the simplest explanation is normally the. I think what the weirdest thing is, is by sure. all by all accounts it seems like this was a sting where the um they the NFL had been informed that this was a common practice and had set it up and you know they were going to let it go on and then test the, the balls at halftime. I can't believe they would actually corrupt their own game just to catch the Patriots out. Why are we still talking about this? Because <laughs> it's so We enjoyable. talked about it last week. We drew a line under it. We didn't draw a line under it. Was the, line this under is it. the football. There's a yeah. game going well, on. Belichick this week. didn't draw a line under it. He had to spend hours and hours. Well, look, in 2007, over. David Tyree's freak catch where like it wouldn't happen if it happened a million more times was punishment for Spygate. In 2011, 
Mario Manningham's insane, ridiculous catch and Wes Welker missing a ball that was thrown slightly like towards his shoulder rather than his chest that everybody blames Brady on. Uh, now that Welker obviously isn't a Patriot anymore. <laughs> but that was forward punishment for the Flategate. So, you know, everything's even. Karma's even. It's going to be a good game between two good teams. Um, you think they're going to win? New England. Yeah. I'd like to think they're good. I think they can win. I I don't know what the universe has in store for the Patriots, unfortunately, but I, I think they definitely can win. I'm not afraid of Seattle I would like I would have been last year. I think Seattle are the better team. I think Seattle are going to win by five to ten points. This is the wrong time of the week to ask for me. I got This is my, my process for big game week is to believe, 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 gradually get nervous again and then come, come like the day before I start getting start getting up for it again. So this yeah. is not my good time of the week. So you think that um, the Seahawks are going to win right now as I ask you? Yeah. If you to I bet, really if you to bet your life. Yeah, if I had to bet my life, I'd go against the, I'd go against the Patriots because that way at least I could die happy. I'm not betting my life on any football game. If so I had to, I'm, I'm not, not betting my life on any game. You just said if I had to. Where, so have you decided where you're going to watch the game yet? No, have you? I have not either. In my house. Though. My I'm instinct is to, to my, my instinct is to watch it at home. Cold. As we look out at really really thick snow. Yeah, it's really Super Bowl week. Look. I just want to make sure I've got enough food in. That's always been a previous problem that I don't have. Oh, yeah. Yeah, or you eat it all at 10 o'clock before, while you're watching the build up. To get, it's like, you're, this is a six-hour epic of it's, sitting there in your own, stewing in your own juices. You need stuff to... Tough going. Here, it's very tough going. The big thing about late. the Super Bowl is that... like it started at 9 o'clock. Yeah. Not that well, hard. Why? Well, like, I mean, they don't care about us. Yeah, but actually, America would have a much better afternoon watching football as opposed to evening watching football. But the, amazingly, you'll be surprised to hear this, the pregame show starts around like noon. It started around like five o'clock Irish time and then goes until 11.30. Like there's there's five or six hours. I don't mind what time I saw. Five. way too late. For you in Ireland. Yeah, for anybody. No, it's hard going. When you get to, when you get, well, not really for anybody. You're doing well and then you get to halftime and then it's like, oh, I'm not going to get through this. That's what I was going to say. The casual fan, like who I presume aren't listening to our (laughs) crappy NFL podcast, this part of it obviously is crappy to us. It's great, but the casual fan who everybody watches the Super Bowl—that's how everybody gets into the NFL. I mm-hmm. spoke with that in the end over there a couple of weeks ago. You know, they're not going to be hanging around for Katy Perry. It's a long bloody halftime. You know, when you had Bruce, even you two in their heyday, you had well, their their second heyday. <laughs> you had I don't know, like even Tom Petty. I really enjoyed that time with the the Giants. Um, yeah, I remember being out in uh, I went out for the last Patriots Super Bowl big mistake that's what's making me lean towards staying at home this time Madonna was on at half time and that was when the heavy drinking started and the interest lost for yeah. all the casual mm-hmm. fans they yeah, just you they, can't do it it's too long a break to be honest like it, yeah. you know from the football if you're going out to watch a game and it's half one on a Sunday night you know like you chose to have work on Monday yeah, yeah. Well, I have uh, Two kids, so that kind of <laughs> yeah. We'll they, we'll, we'll still that. be asleep longer than you on Monday morning. Yeah, I don't. I think I'm going to stay in, but I don't know. Maybe you want. But the thing is, what if it's an amazing Patriots win and then you've you're got, not actually want to? You got that that's fever. What I feel. Yeah. yeah. Although, where are you going to go at four in the morning? Half four in the morning. No, you just have that few moments. <sighs> yeah, just the euphoria. All like, right, if you know Holmes, the goal who get out. No, I remember being when I was. Oh, I was, you mean a, a mate's house? I was in Madrid. When the Red Sox beat the Yankees in 2004, completed the most famous comeback in the history of sport, and there was maybe 15, there was 15 to 20 Massachusetts college kids around, and it was I got a, well, actually there's maybe more like a hundred, um, and it was just such a great 
feeling of like connectivity to mankind, shared and emotion, maybe, shared joy. You know how many how many Super Bowls are the Patriots going to be in? I've got my my new my new Tom Brady so. twelve jersey that I decided I wanted to get because that's something they should have forever, and he might not be around for very long. But uh, you know, I gotta be wearing that. I don't want to be wearing that sitting in my bedroom on my own watching uh, watching the Patriots because that would be sad. Yeah. Well, you know, it's all right. It's it's your team. It's the Super Bowl. You can actually be as sad as you well, want. Well, it's a, you know, it, it, there's a different kind of sad. It'd be like there's a sad person sitting at home on their own because they've got nobody to watch it with. Mm. That's not the case. It's because I'm a sociopath who needs to enjoy and you know feel the pain of loss on my own. Um, who will score more? Legarrette Blunt touchdowns, mm-hmm. eleven to eight on. Theo Walcott goals versus Aston Villa evens. <laughs> Interesting. I'm going Legarrette Blunt touchdowns all day long. He's going to score, right? It's he, one versus zero, is it? I mean, it's at least one versus absolutely no goals for Theo, Theo Walcott. I don't know anything. I can't suggest any. The only time I've ever been confident about the Patriots running game this year is two times they played the Colts, and that worked out well, but. I don't know after that. Mm. I'm actually at that sort of stage. It's a terrible, de- terrible for the podcast, but I'm at that stage where I can't really even talk about this game. Okay. I'm nervous. What has you nervous, Michael? It's a Super Bowl-ger. Yeah, but what specifically? The biggest of the biggest. This is a massive Seahawks. game for the legacy of ah, Brady and Belichick. Ah, and we haven't won one since 04, ah, 05, since 10 years. And, you know, lost two, and they've been pretty heartbreaking. I don't want to go through that again. And they would be... Branded as oh, great at the start, but I wouldn't say so. They've still been finish the job. They've still been getting to Super Bowls. I think that's pretty incredible. It's, except that's not how America views its sports people. Not really, but in terms of football, I think it is. I think it's pretty. I think they're the Patriots are complete aberration. When if you look at it, I think now the cheating thing is puts a asterisk over everything. But I mean to be there thereabouts. I mean for fourteen the last ten years, last twelve, thirteen years. No, it's never been seen. Nothing, nothing like has ever happened in the era of parody. No, but the era of parody is, I mean, fifteen, twenty years old, right? Nah, no, not yeah, really. like mid from the from the mid nineties, mid nineties, twenty, 20 years. years. Yeah, yeah. But like the Patriots, the Patriots. <laughs> no. no, it's more than fifteen. Yeah, <laughs> I said fifteen, twenty. No, twenty. Okay, uh, so the, they're the but best team. But it goes back further than that. It does go back further than that. Not, not the era of parody, but the. The, the era of Patriots domination goes back a lot. Like that, that hasn't happened. Yeah, but they haven't dominated because they haven't won. They need to win this to be able to say dominate their division. Yeah, <laughs> but do you know what I mean? Like there is w- actually a, all joking aside, and all the they're just trying to wind you up for the sake of it. They really need to win this. I think yeah. so to be considered the greatest team of all time. Absolutely to be you know like to for it not to diminish. I understand the point that they won three, but then yeah. to lose three would be like, oh, maybe those three, maybe some, yeah. maybe football caught up with them. Even yeah, but you see, yeah, but you see I, I think there, well. is, I think there is a genuine appreciation, and again, all joking aside, appreciation for teams getting to the Super Bowl and getting to it in you know oh seven. 11 and now 14 the you know they're all well spread out as well over time the, having one tree coach of the last two teams to lose the Super Bowl both sacked this season really well what I say about the Patriots is you know when they in those first five or six years they did it with the same kind of personnel with Charlie Weiss's offensive coordinator Romeo Cornell's defensive thing I, I don't think the problem what saddens me the most is that if the Patriots do manage this when you think of like our year in podcasting you with your shovel 
digging a grave for Tom Brady in our yeah. in this very studio. That yeah. was only that was a mere like twelve weeks ago. Yeah, and it was amazing for them to just completely reboot and um, and to be here on the verge. I think I think it's a it's, a, it's a, it would be really amazing, and I don't think it'll ever get the credit. It'll it's it'll. I think if, it. if they win, they totally will. Like stuff like Lagarde Blunt is mm-hmm. unbelievable, yeah, like, mm. and this week should have been the focus of a huge, much bigger story uh, than it has been, but because of the balls, yeah, he ends up okay. like he was arrested for smoke and blow with uh, Levy and Bell preseason. You're yeah. thinking he's going to face a suspension, and now here he is in the Super Bowl. Well, he's on the scrap heap with yeah. Pittsburgh. It doesn't do anything all season. And he'd, he'd, he'd one big game. Bell and Blunt both went over two hundred yeah. yards or something for the first time in history. But the second time, uh, there was some weird one big game they had. Then obviously he was just a bit of an asshole around the, the locker room. Yeah, he wanted the ball. You know, he thought he was good enough, and it turns out that he was. Yeah. Well, yeah, but he had Levy and Bell. He was going up against well, loads of really interesting stories, and it is. I actually think that that it's a pity that we haven't been really talking about them over the last two weeks because of this thing. And maybe it's the Patriots' fault. And like you know, I'll, I'll again taking away bullshit anger about it just because it's the Patriots. You know, it is a pity, I think, because these are two really interesting yeah. things. Nobody's been, there was a really, uh, well, it wasn't a very good piece, actually, in the New York Times. It was a piece about um, this one town where Pete Carroll used to live when he was um, coach of the Patriots and how much they all love him and they're all supporting him despite the fact that he's gone against the Patriots right. and he's such a great guy and all. Like, we should have been talking about Pete Carroll's time in charge of the Patriots for two weeks, I didn't, we should have been talking about. He was the last coach before Belichick. Um, we should have been talking about Blunt. We should have been talking about more about Marshawn Lynch's football, not his media. Final point stuff. on uh, the Deflate Gates. Um, this week, I've been thinking. <laughs> Thanks, I'm just wrapping up my point there. This week, I've been thinking about um, Justin Harrison and Austin Healy, and that whole oh, it's the Super Bowl. Simmons on his podcast was like, oh, it's the Super Bowl. How much more do you need? Why do you need anything to get up for it? And I'm like, well, that's kind of totally missing the whole point about any big occasion because yeah. everybody's up at the same level and any tiny little edge you get. Absolutely. Uh, Austin Healy called Justin Harrison uh, a big ape mm-hmm. in the papers the week before the final, the second... Second... Well, the second or third. one Test in 01. And this very mediocre player comes out and has the game of his life and absolutely annihilates the Lions at the line-out and in open play he is just completely supercharged and uh, killing people... And it's all because Austin Healy has a, a little poke at him in the papers three or four days out from the game. You're thinking, yeah. so that whole point about Bob Kraft, rightly or wrongly, believing that they need an apology from the NFL. If oh, any, yeah. Even even if there is some gross conspiracy at some level, yeah. but they've managed to keep away from the rest of the players, suddenly the whole players are thinking, what the hell? they're out to get us. Yeah. So, if, and if the, we talk about like the old like, you I know, think it's very message positive on thing. the totally dressing room door thing like all the time. It's a real thing and it can, it can be. Go it back, can only be used in certain situations. Go back to 07 and remember that siege mentality that Belichick created. That, that team, they were out to kill people and I think, I, like, I think it'll really help them on Sunday. All right, so you're both going for a... I'm changing my mind. Bats! Yeah, come on. All right. Uh, and then we're in here next week and I'll tell you what, if the Seahawks win and win well... I actually do want to spend a bit of time giving them credit and all, but I'm just not interested in that right now. I think they're going to win by five to ten points. I'm going for the Seahawks. That was the the final pick of the season, and it's a ten point pick if you get this one right. And, yeah. so I'm I, wearing I, my I'm, I'm wearing my jersey next Thursday uh, if, uh, if the Patriots. We're going to do it next Wednesday actually, so because it's you know it's this Super Bowl. We're going to wrap it up a day early next Wednesday. I'll wear yeah. my Patriots. Jersey. All right, Super Bowl show. enjoy the game. Bye.
sweetness, and I like to dance. Running the ball is like making romance. We had the goal since training camp to give Chicago a Super Bowl champ. We're not doing this because we're greedy. The Bears are doing it to feed the needy. We didn't come here to look for trouble. We just came here to the Super Bowl shuttle. You're looking at the fridge. I'm the rookie. I may be large, but I'm no dumb cookie. You've seen me hit. You've seen me run. When a kick and pass, we'll have more fun. I can dance. You will see. The others, they all learn from me. I don't come here looking for trouble. I just came to do the Super Bowl shuffle. I can't do 
I like to tease. I play so cool, I aim to please. That's why you all got here on the double to catch me doing the Super Bowl shuffle. It's Gary here, and I'm Mr. Clean. They call me Hitman, don't know what they mean. They throw it long and watch me run. I'm on my man, one on one. Buddies, guys, cover it down to the bone. That's why they call us the 46 zone. Come on, everybody, let's scream and yell. We're going to do the shuffle, then ring the bell. 